0: This show is for educational purpose and should not be taken as medical advice. Welcome to Let's Talk About Medical Cannabis with Dr. O, a clinical pharmacist certified in medical cannabis. Every week, you'll learn about alternative ways to improve your health and well-being using the healing power of botanicals such as cannabinoids. Here's your host, Lola Ahanba. Hi, guys. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Let's Talk About Medical Cannabis with Dr. O. I'm so glad that you guys are able to join me again for another episode. Today's episode is episode 8, and we will be talking about role of cannabis in sexual dysfunction. Thank you so much for all our listeners and our subscribers. If you are yet to subscribe to the show, please do so. We now have a, a dedicated page on our website, where you can have access directly to the podcast platforms. So you can easily go to the website, www.wci-health.com. On that website, you will see a dedicated page for the podcast platform. So you can just uh, subscribe directly from there. Thank you so much for those of you that have subscribed and also for all our Patreons. You are supporting us financially. We are very appreciative of that. Thank you so much. I just want to let you guys know in case you did not notice that we have made a slight change to the title of the podcast based on the feedback that we got from many of our listeners. So we now call this show Let's Talk About Medical Cannabis with Dr. O. And we also updated our cover at I hope you guys likes the new cover art. Please keep the feedback coming. We appreciate your feedback. The purpose of this show is educational and committed to improving the show as we go along. Also, if you have any information or any ways we can improve this show, please do not hesitate to let us know about that and we will take that into consideration when producing this show. Today's show is titled, The Role of Cannabinoid in Sexual Dysfunction. Sexual dysfunction can come in form of uh, erectile dysfunction or impotency. Sexual dysfunction can be very difficult to talk about, even to one's uh, healthcare provider. For men, some people might feel like, oh, I'm a man, I'm not supposed to have erectile dysfunction, or I shouldn't even talk about about that. And in the case of uh, women, sometimes we think that, oh, we believe that our role is to please the man, and really we are not supposed to enjoy sex this is totally not supposed to be. Many people tend to be embarrassed or ashamed when they are having an issue with, uh, that is related to sex. And a lot of people don't want to talk about it. There's really nothing to be ashamed about when it comes to discussing sex. Sex is a process that is given to us by Maker. It's a natural process that we are supposed to enjoy. Sex is supposed to bring us pleasure. So when we are not enjoying it, then we need to find a way to correct whatever issue is going on. So we shouldn't be ashamed to discuss sex or sh- should be shy to express pleasure from sexual intercourse with one's partner. So we'll be talking about sexual dysfunction in female and erectile dysfunction in male and the role of cannabinoid in the, the management of sexual dysfunction. So what is really sexual dysfunction? What do we call when we say sexual dysfunction? What do, Why do we use that name? The reason why we're using that particular word, sexual dysfunction, is because the manifestation of uh, sexual dysfunction is different in men compared to women. In men, it's called uh, erectile dysfunction, But in women, we cannot really call it erectile dysfunction because the men have penis uh, where women have vagina. So we're going to address it uh, as a sexual dysfunction. I know that some people will be like, why does women have a, a sexual issue? We all have a sexual issue going on. Both men and women are affected, but the the way it's expressed in men is totally different from the way it's expressed in women. So we're going to be talking about the way expression of sexual dysfunction in women first. It can occur at any stage of life in women. It can manifest itself in lack of sexual desire. You just don't feel like it or the inability to experience orgasm. Like I said earlier, so a lot of women we don't want to admit that we are having problems in the bedroom. Sometimes people, women they just fake it. They fake orgasm. I call it fake it till you make it. Because they are they've been made to believe that their role is to please the man so they don't expect to experience pleasure from sex. So they just uh, are it to make the man feel better. This shouldn't be at all. So it can also manifest itself in form of pain during intercourse. It's supposed to be a pleasurable thing. So when uh, women, when we start experiencing pain, then we might need to look into what we need to do to relieve pain. Something that's supposed to give you pleasure when you start experiencing pain, then there's no fun in that anymore. So why do women experience problems concerning sex, sexual dysfunction in women? Why does it happen? Females are generally highly hormonal species. We uh, go through different hormonal process at every stage of life so from say like a two-year-old throwing a diva-like tantrum having an attitude to when a woman or young lady gets to the teenage age when you start having menstruation up to when you get to say like a higher like older in age and menopausal women are menopausal the hormonal changes are uh, fluctuates ups and down. So we are very highly hormonal people, and as we go through these hormonal changes, our body changes and the desire to have sex also changes as well. So As we go through life as females or women, sexual dysfunction manifests itself. During childbirth or breastfeeding, there could be a low estrogen as a result of uh, menopause. All this can lead to reduction of blood flow to the genital area. The vagina becomes thin. The lining of the vagina becomes thin. And when we are having intercourse, it can become pain, painful. All these are some of the issues that goes on that makes a, a woman to become unresponsive when it comes to sex. Other causes of uh, impotency, because we can call it sexual dysfunction, is also called impotency. Other causes of impotency in female could be psychological conditions like depression, anxiety, which is higher in female compared to men, and can also result in less desire to want to have sex. Some medication like cancer or antidepressant medication have also been implicated in the lack of uh, wanting to have sex. Other non-pharmacological management of uh, sexual dysfunction in female, uh, meaning what can we do uh, as a woman to increase our desire to want to have sex? first thing to do is to communicate with one's partner. I mean, you have a partner as well. When we have a partner, we should be free to say, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm going through. And you can find uh, ways to resolve the issue. Apart from communication with partners, another way to help with uh, the desire to have sex is live a healthy lifestyle. Like we have to exercise, uh, reduce alcohol consumption, just a general healthy habit of life. Other than exercise and uh, cutting down alcohol and all those things like that. We can bring in a uh, lubricant. There are a lot of other ways to spice it up in the bedroom, like partners can bring in toys, whatever works. Uh, because like I said earlier, sex is supposed to be by uh, enjoyable partner. And when one partner is not enjoying it, then there's no fun in that anymore. So for female, we can also go through the pharmacological route after trying exercise and lubricant, spicy things up if those are not working, there are other pharmacological ways that impotency in women can be managed. One of the ways that is managed is hormone replacement therapy. Apart from pharmacological therapy, they now have a herbal hormone replacement therapy that some people do use. But other than that, there is what we call estrogen replacement. The estrogen women we have a lot of estrogen. The men they have testosterone, more testosterone. We women we normally have more estrogen. But as we grow older, this can reduce our body changes. So we can replace our estrogen. When we replace the estrogen, It improves the vaginal elasticity. That means it makes the vagina uh, more flexible. It improves uh, the tone, uh, vaginal tone, and blood is able to flow better through that part of the body. But when it comes to estrogen replacement therapy, the risk must be weighed against the benefit. The hormone replacement therapy generally. They have to watch out for the underlying condition like cancer or heart disease. So for people in that population, they have to talk to their, to their provider and the provider will need to weigh if the risk of using the medication are outweighs the, if the benefit outweighs the risk. Some of the medication, the agents that are used in women to help with impotency comes in vaginal ring. It could come in creams. It could come in foam. Uh, Ospina is one of the products that is used that reduces pain during sex for female with vaginal thinning lining of the vagina. When the vagina is lining, is thinning, that causes pain during sex so osphenia uh, reduces the pain that comes with that another agent that is used is called adai adai was initially uh, approved for depression but it's now used for female premenopausal women for reduced or lack of sexual desire. Basically, premenopausal women are younger women that have not gone through menopause. So for this kind of medication, Adder, it was initially approved for depression. So it's probably going to help people. Not just for the impotency part, but also females that have uh, depression going on. These products might also help with that, uh, with depression. Apart from that, we also have uh, androgen replacement therapy. When we talk about androgen replacement therapy, we are basically talking about testosterone level. In men, they have higher testosterone, but we, uh, women also need testosterone when it comes to daily, not just for sex. So we can replace our uh, androgen or testosterone replacement also in women, not just in men. The use of uh, testosterone uh, in female is controversial due to conflicting clinical studies that has been done. Studies are also looking into using Viagra in women on antidepressant called uh, SSRI, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors like uh, Zoloft. Women that are on uh, product like Zoloft for depression, studies are now looking into if they could use uh, female Viagra to help with impotency. Viagra on itself is a nitrate-based drug. And it's not supposed to be used in people that are on uh, nitroglycerin, nitrates for maybe chest pain or angina or heart attack. You know, when people have angina, what happens is that there is less blood flow to the heart. So if they start having pain. If that is not controlled, then somebody can have a heart attack or stroke. So if somebody is on... Uh, already on nitroglycerin for control of the chest pain due to angina, you want to uh, avoid using products like the Viagra because Viagra and all those products, they are also nitrate. So if you are using that, that could be too uh, overdosing on the nitrate. The bottom line is to contact uh, your provider, your primary physician to see what product will be best for you based on the disease state that is going on, based on the underlying condition. So contact your physician for that. So we now go to erectile dysfunction in men. In men and women, erectile dysfunction, sexual dysfunction, uh, impotency, they manifest itself uh, differently because uh, men and women are physiologically uh, different. So we do not manifest, I mean, men have penis, women, we have vagina. So we are totally different species. So the way we manifest, not just in uh, sexual ways, other part of our lives is totally different. In men, sexual dysfunction is often described as uh, erectile dysfunction, which are also called ED. ED is an uh, inability to have or sustain erection for a long period of time during intercourse. Sexual intercourse happens in men when a sexually stimulating message is sent to the brain, resulting in release of chemical called uh, nitric oxide. This nitric oxide causes realization of the penis enough for blood to to flow through the penile area. So basically what's going on is that there's a chemical that is released from our brain called nitric oxide. This chemical helps allow blood to flow to the penis, which causes erection. During erection, there's these two spongy tissues surrounding the penile area called the corpora cavernosa. What it does is that it shut off the blood vessel that normally drains blood away from the penis. So when the corpora cavernosa shut off the blood draining vessels, then the penis is able to fill with blood and causes erection to occur. So how does ED how does it manifest itself? ED normally occurs when there is decreased production of nitric oxide. When there is decrease in production of nitric oxide, the blood is unable to fill the penile area, so the erection is uh, not sustainable. So apart from uh, reduced nitric oxide causing uh, ED, other causes of ED is what we call reactive oxygen species the reactive oxygen species these are chemicals that we call vasoconstrictor. what vasoconstrictor do is they squeeze the artery the blood vessels that is bringing blood to the penile area they squeeze it so much so the blood is not able to fill the penile area and erection a man is unable to have a uh, erection Apart from that, the reactive oxygen species is being implicated in many disease states. In fact, it's really been said to be the main cause of aging in people. And a lot of the anti-aging products, they use mechanisms to reduce the production of these uh, reactive oxygen species. Other than the chemicals that is produced in the brain, Ed can also be due to organic or psychological social habit issue going on in our social habit. ED resulting from issue with blood flow, nerves and hormonal condition is called organic uh, erectile dysfunction. When it's due to psychological condition, maybe a state of mind of somebody. That is what what we call psychological eating. Basically, sex is a mental thing. When we are having problem with our state of mind, then that will be due to psychological condition. When it's due to organic situation, when organic situation means lack of blood flow, this issue with the nerves, issue with the hormone condition, then that will be organic in nature. And also when it's due to our social habit like smoking, drinking, that will be based on that the social issue. When it comes to the psychological part, basically, like I said, sex is a, a mind game. So for example, if a man or a woman is no longer attracted to their partner, it will be uh, very, very difficult for, for the man or the woman to be aroused because you, are not, uh, you don't want to be intimate with this person. So that could cause uh, some kind of psychological erectile dysfunction. It's not like the man is really having problems. It's just that you are not attracted to this person anymore. Other causes of uh, ED in could be drugs. Drugs that causes less blood flow can cause aggravate uh, erectile issue. For example, diuretics like laces, these are blood uh medications that we use to remove fluid from the body. Say somebody is having a, a like a heart failure or things like that, we give them laces to help with uh, with their situation to get rid of fluid. So uh, medication like that can cause less blood flow to the penile area, resulting in erectile dysfunction. For this kind of medication, the provider can decide to switch it from medication that is really, really affecting, aggravating or increasing the side effect to have an ED-like side effect to the medication that will have less side effect that will affect sexual functions. Other risk factor for erectile dysfunction is high cholesterol. High cholesterol uh, has been implicated not just in uh, sexual dysfunction, but in a lot of other uh, other medical conditions. When there is plaque build up in the arteries and veins, this is called uh, atherosclerosis. I'm sure some of us have heard about it. Atherosclerosis is basically the fat is uh, building up in the vessels, in the blood vessels like the arteries and the veins. So when there is a buildup of this plaque, this prevents blood to flow freely, not just to the penal area, to other part of our body. That's why people sometimes have a uh, cardiac arrest because there is less blood flowing to to the. It could be the heart, it could be the brain. So high cholesterol is a major uh, factor in uh, erectile dysfunction as well. So, ED that is due to psychological conditions such as depression, tiredness, performance anxiety, low thyroid level or mental disorder those are easily managed. You can they can manage those easily. All we need to do if you are have a performance anxiety, one can go for counseling If it's depression, one can treat all those underlying conditions. But organic ED, ED due to organic in nature, like the ones due to maybe there's a problem with the hormones or nerves, those are a lot difficult to manage. For people that have less blood flow to the penile area due to what we call atherosclerosis, like plant buildup. If this condition is not managed, this could lead to permanent erectile dysfunction. So for high cholesterol, we want to make sure it's treated because if not treated, it could totally block not just cause permanent erectile dysfunction. Like I said, it's been implicated in cardiac situation like uh, strokes, heart attack, just to mention a few. So if this uh, atherosclerosis is not managed, it could cause total blockage of the blood vessels and lead to permanent erectile dysfunction. So how do we manage ED in men? For men, first thing we want to do is exercise. We Testosterone level decreases as we grow older. So First, we need to, they need to exercise. Other than that, we can have a psychological counseling to deal with maybe stress, anxiety, depression. All those can be taken care of. But in a situation whereby donor exercise, non-pharmacological ways have been employed and people are still having problems, then we start to look into medication that can help. So what medication uh, can we use to treat erectile dysfunction? The main medication that I use are Viagra, uh, Cialis, uh, Levitra, Vardenafil, just to mention a few. So how does this medication work? Earlier, I mentioned nitric oxide. These are chemicals. What they do is they relax the muscle surrounding the penis. This allow blood to flow through the to the penis, which causes erection after you have sexual stimulation. I mean erection is not gonna happen if uh, a man is wanting to have sex and you don't have a woman or you are not attracted to the woman, so we still have to have sexual stimulation for the erection to happen but what the nitric oxide does. It relaxes the muscle to allow blood to flow. So, how does uh Viag- drugs like Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra? How do they work? What they do is they improve the effects of the nitric oxide that is being allowing the blood to flow. So, when they enhances the effects of this nitric oxide, more blood is easily flow to the penile area. So, for People that don't have enough nitric oxide, when you supplement it with Viagra, Cialis, or Levitra, what that does is improve the flow of blood to, to the penis. So for products like that, it's actually for people that have problems with erection. Like I said, the, uh, this is, has to do with blood flow. So this is for people that have uh, erectile function. You still also need the stimulant to be able to get it to work. So the side effects of Viagra, Cialis, and uh, products in that family, the side effects are headache, you can have a vision problem, it could be upset stomach, fainting, dizziness. But it's because it's a nitrate product, It's contraindicated in people that have chest pain that are using nitroglycerin for chest pain. When I say contraindicated, ideally people that have uh, like angina, which is chest pain, and they are using nitrate or nitroglycerin, they are not supposed to use Viagra. Like I explained earlier, these Viagras and Cialis, all those are nitrate products. So when you are already using nitrate in form of nitroglycerin, that could mean you are using too much of that medication. And what that does is that the nitrate is a blood pressure medicine, so it helps lower your blood pressure. So when you use too much of it, you can have what we call syncope, which means feeling of fainting, dizziness, And that might also be part of why people have headaches. So one has to be very careful when using those products. Other than the nitrate product in form of Cialis and Viagra, the other treatment that people can use is testosterone replacement. So the testosterone with low testosterone, we can use agents like androgel, testosterone, sepionate. Those come in form of gel. They come in patches. They come in form of injection. The cipronate injectable testosterone that you can inject, the, the provider can inject it. Some men have learned how to use it too. But the main uh, problem with this product is that if children or women comes in contact with it, they start having the same effect as the men. So children can start growing secondary male characteristics like beers and things like that. So you want to uh, keep it out of reach of children. When you are using your testosterone product, and you also want to cover the application side. Most time when it's the gel, they ask uh, you to apply it under the armpit and try to cover it because you don't want it to, to rub it on the female or the children to get in touch with it. They start developing male characteristics. So up uh, when uh, you have tried, when we have tried like the topical product or the injectable product like the cipronate and we still have a problem, other product that are use can be a little bit invasive. When I say invasive, then it has to apply it in a special, uh, like an implant. So one of the other product that can be used is called intraurethral agent. These are goes into the urethra in form of prostate muse, they call it MUSA. That is intraurethral product. These are more invasive uh, products. Other than that, they also have intracavernosa, Like I said, corpus cavernosa. that is the main part where the blood is moving. That's the muscle that is surrounding the, the spongy muscle, surrounding the penis. So what they do is they can inject the what we a uh, uh, medication called aprostodil inside their cavernosa to help stimulate erection. And the products available out there are Coverjet and Edex. Other than those, the more invasive ones are the medical devices. We have the, what we call uh, vacuum erection devices. The vacuum erection devices for elderly population, this is mostly first line for, for the elderly population. And it will make sense because some of our elderly population, they have low, sometimes can have high blood pressure, sometimes they are on uh, nitrates already. So in that situation, you don't want to put them on other nitrate products so they can use these uh, vacuum erection devices. The, the only re, uh, caveat to this product is that it starts slow. It doesn't work as fast as other products. So it's actually really better for people that have stable partner that can understand that, oh, we're going to have to wait a little bit for it to work. So for VED, it's better to have a stable partner. Also, VED is a second line of therapy for younger patients. After they have tried the oral or the oral medication like the Viagra, if it's not working, a younger patient can also use the VED product, which is vacuum erection devices. For VED product, if uh, the aprostadil, that's uh, a drug, is uh, used with it, it improves the response rate. It works better if aprostadil is used. This uh, product is not advising people with uh, sickle cell disease. And it also has to be very cautious when for people that are on warfarin they have to be very careful when they are using VED because there is a risk of what we call priapism. Priapism is a, a form of prolonged erection. They don't really know why, what causes that. Just know that it could happen in some patient. Basically, you have an erection, and can be very, very painful, it just prolong. It takes a long time for the erection to go away. Sometimes it might be a medical emergency. Uh, an individual might have to go to, to the ER and see a doctor to take care of that. So for people on Warfarin, they want to be careful with that product. So for people that have used all these other products, exercise, use pharmacological products, use devices, medical devices, and one is still having problem with uh, impotency. What ways, what are the studies that we have about role of cannabinoid cannabis in the uh, management of uh, sexual dysfunction or erectile dysfunction? One of the other ways to avoid permanent erectile dysfunction is to reduce the oxidative stress, reactive oxidative stress, those chemicals in the penis. Because what this chemical, reactive oxidative stress, like I said earlier, what they do is cause constriction. They squeeze the vessels and prevent blood from flowing. The cannabinoid system has been shown to reduce inflammation, obesity, and plaque buildup in the arteries. That is the plaque buildup is uh, atherosclerosis. And it has also been uh, used uh, to reduce erectile dysfunction. Studies have shown that the cannabinoid system helps to reduce inflammation because apart from all this chemical work in there, inflammation is also going on as well. According to the article published in the Journal of Immunology Research, studies have shown that the endocannabinoid system, and anandamide, causes realization of the corpus cavernosum, probably through the CB1 receptor. Uh, An is the agent that is produced in our body from the endocannabinoid system. If you uh, haven't uh, listened to episode on the endocannabinoid system, I will advise that you go back and listen to it. An is the THC like product that is produced by our normal body. So it works like THC is similar to THC. And uh, studies have shown that this uh, anandamide, it causes realization of the corpus cavernosum. So when the corpus cavernosum is relaxed, then blood can flow easily to the penile area. So blood can flow freely to the penal area. Studies also show that both CB1 and CB2 receptor, activation of those receptors, it causes relaxation of corpus cavernosum in rabbit. Basically, CB1 is where the THC binds to, and CB2 receptor is where CBD binds to. So when the studies were done in rat, they saw that CBD-like product and THC-like product they causes realization of this corpuscarbinosum in rabbit. And when corpuscarbinosum is relaxed, blood can flow better to the penile area. It was also observed that when anandamide was blocked, the corpus cavernosum of human and higher animal were unable to relax, resulting in less blood flow to the penile area. So, like I said, anandamide is similar to THC. So when they block uh, anandamide, when they remove anandamide, then there was less blood flow to the corpus cavernosum, which means there will be a problem Uh. Uh, really, with the with the penile area having enough blood to that part of the body. Earlier, we talked about how plaque buildup can reduce blood flow, not just to the vessels carrying blood to the penis, but also the vessels carrying blood to all over the body. So, studies show that uh, CBD-like product was shown to protect the arteries in mice by improving the intraplaque inflammation. Basically, what it does is reduce inflammation due to plaque in, in mice, thereby allowing more blood to flow to the Penal area. CBD has been shown to have over 10 times anti-inflammatory properties compared to products like uh, ibuprofen, naproxen, and three times better anti-inflammatory properties compared to a product like steroid. These are the main products that we use to treat inflammation, and CBD is been shown to be 10 times better than our main product. So, when you inflammation has uh, been implicated in almost all the diseases. So, CBD has been shown to help reduce inflammation 10 times better than NSAID, non steroidal anti inflammatory drug, and three times better than steroid. And steroid is like the last line when we are dealing with pain, inflammation. When they start giving you uh, steroid injection, then that's a serious issue going on. So we've noticed that studies have shown that CBD is three times better than even the steroid that we see as our big guns in treating uh, inflammation and pain. So clinical studies that they also uh, perform on, uh, on mice also shows that uh, the CBD reduces the uh, reactive oxidative stress and reduced the fibrosis in mice with uh, high cholesterol. So basically, this mice with high cholesterol, when it was given the CBD-like agent, it reduced the reactive oxidative stress. Those chemicals are, like I said, have been implicated in almost everything, aging, and uh, CBD was shown to reduce it. These are chemical that's causing plaque buildup in the blood vessel. Also, CBD has also been shown to increase nitric oxide production in the penile area of mice. So... It reduces the reactive oxidative species chemical that is causing the constriction, but it also improves, increase the, the chemicals that is causing realization and allowing blood to flow better. Also, in some of the clinical studies that I was done, it was found out that the collagen deposition in corpus cavernosum was reduced, Basically, what's going on is that you don't just have these chemicals squeezing on the vessels, you also have collagen plaque building up in the vessel, and CBD agents have been shown to reduce the the collagen buildup. Apart from that, the clinical studies also show that CBD agent, it protects the penile function. And structure against destruction from high cholesterol. So it's protecting penile area, the penis, from uh, high cholesterol, and it's also removing the reactive oxygen species and also increasing the nitric oxide that is helping with realization of the vessels, which allow blood to flow better. Other studies are uh, didn't just show this. Process going on in in mice, anandamide, which is THC-like product, was shown to relax uh, corpus cavernosum in rat. They also showed cannabinoid in the penile areas of human was was shown to relax by the anandamide. And studies also show that CBD agents improve sexual functions. In, in the penal areas of mice. Other than those uh, studies, other studies that was done also shows that plant-derived CBD due to the presence of entourage effect and other antioxidants uh, found in the plant can act as a ROS, that is reactive oxygen species scavengers. Basically, what they do is they remove the reactive oxygen species from the blood vessels and allow the realization of the of penile area so blood can flow better. Most studies is absolutely necessary to actually know the absolute effect of the CBD, THC, the cannabinoids in the, in the management of erectile dysfunction. But from all the uh, clinical trials that have been done so far on mice, on rabbit, it's been shown that the cannabinoids, they reduce the ROS, the reactive oxygen species, uh, thereby reducing uh, inflammation in the, in the blood vessels surrounding the penis they act as a ROS scavenger, removing this ROS, thereby allowing uh, better blood flow. They increase the nitric oxide which uh, helps to improve blood flow to the penile area. They also causes reduced uh, inflammation, inflammation causes swelling. So they use their anti-inflammatory properties, which is 10 times better than the agents that we have in the market to help in the blood flow. So more studies actually needs to be done Especially we are beginning to see so many people coming into the pharmacy with uh, symptoms of erectile dysfunction. I mean, younger, younger population are becoming affected by this disease more and more. And it will make sense because uh, a lot of people are on medication and some of this medication, their side effects are erectile dysfunction. And also the environmental factors that are all the environmental factors. When you put everything together, it will make sense that, yeah, people are experiencing erectile dysfunction more. And because of the embarrassment and the, the shame that is attached, people don't want to discuss this. So a lot of studies need to be done in these areas of cannabis and cannabinoid effect uh thank you so much for today for hanging out i do appreciate you guys uh we now for those of you that already subscribed we are very very appreciative of that for those that are yet to subscribe, we now have a, a, a direct uh, subscription buttons on our website where you, you can just uh, go to the website, there is the subscription page, a page totally devoted to uh, the subscription. When you click on that, uh, that button, you will have a drop down that you can choose which of the podcast platform you would like to subscribe through. And also, we also have a link to the page where you can support the show by donating. So you can go to the website, WCI-Health, to subscribe to the show if you have not done so. We also appreciate your feedbacks. And review, for those of you that already subscribed, please, if you have a little time, give a review on the Apple Podcast or any other podcast platform that you are using. Please give us a review on that. Finally, if you have any suggestion on how we can improve this show, please leave us a message on the website. And until next time, remember, health equals weight. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or any podcast platform. Support the show by becoming a patron and donating on our Patreon page or on our website. For more information, visit our website at www.wci-health.com. Until next time, health equals wealth.